All right, guys. Let's go ahead and start. Like I said, happy Labor Day. I know that uh, I'm taking you guys away from your family, so we're not going to count this as an entire session tonight. Give me one second to uh, change our microphone to not push to talk, and we'll start one second. Okay. We good? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, so this is going to be episode number two of our meetup. It's going to be on Spotify. Everything you guys do say is going to be out there. Uh, last time we had over 30 people listen, so somebody definitely le leaked to the link. I'm not too worried about it, but I just know that anything you guys say in here is probably going to be heard by other people, okay? So we're going to start off with... <laughs> we're going to start off with Finn. There's not a whole lot to look at here. We're going to look at the quarter to date and the five day on the U.S. sector. We're going to look for any trends that may be manifesting or continuing here. I think what we're going to get is a continuation of trends that are already in place. So we pull up the quarter to date. Utilities and XLRE did slow down um, on uh, Friday, whereas tech did tick up. XLC did tick up. So we're seeing growth come back into the picture. Not that it ever left, but... We want to see this continuing to show us strength. We go down to the five-day, and we see that, once again, XLU did come down slightly on Friday. XLRE cooled off a little bit. We've been at the same sort of resistance area on XLRE for three days straight. Tech did make a little bit of a comeback on Friday after being down on Thursday. But finance here is the big question, finance being down the most. We talked about a few weeks ago, should we get back into finance or not? We did not pull the trigger. I have one position in Morgan Stanley, and I don't – actually, I closed that. Never mind. I don't think any of us have any more financial exposure. We talked about this last session, but essentially what it looks like the market is pricing in is that interest rates are more than likely not going to be rising. And therefore, that is negatively impacting finances. Okay, There's just really no point in buying finances yet. We are not seeing – a nice-looking XLF chart, and we're definitely not seeing any relative strength. So growth still, XLY, XLC, XLK, even though on the five-day does not look fantastic. It does look great on the quarter-to-date, and there are some indicators here that we're going to see moving forward that, yeah, I think growth is still the place to be long overvalue. Pull-up industries, quarter-to-date, same sort of thing. IGV is up. Uh, the second most here, PHO being your water resource utility. Nobody is long PHO. VNQ being a real estate play. I think maybe Landon and some of the equities guys are long some real estate. But for the majority of us, we are not. We are long IGV. This is what we talked about forever. This was the absolute right play. And it does look like that continuing to be long IGV is the way to go. Pull this up on the five-day industry chart. And we see GDX pop its head up. Friday was an interesting day. GDX did pop its head up. But... I don't have the chart for this. GDX is not necessarily, you know, it's not a buy just because it popped up one day um, and showed a little bit of relative strength. It's not a buy. Gold is severely getting beat to shit. Uh, I don't know if you guys were on Twitter earlier, but silver had a bad print and silver looked like it jumped up like 10% overnight. It was ridiculous. It was a bad print. Um, so don't expect silver. I'm sure you guys are going to see that. It'll be in the news tomorrow morning. Silver did not jump up like 5%. Um, gold more than likely will not continue. We'll see. Gold has a long way to go. GDX has a long way to go. Energy as well, we will see very shortly. Energy is still a very risky entry here. And I'll actually ask you guys a question soon whether or not you'd like to be long energy. I think it's a good question. 
for a group to have, considering we are going into the later seasons. There's going to be talk about buying natural gas and oil just because we're going into the winter months in the United States. Is there some validity to that? Not so much, but natural gas is showing a little bit of a push here. So we should, at the very minimum, look at some energy names. I don't think they're ready to buy yet, but just to have them on the radar. FDN and IGV, IGV being the one we are long the most in, it outperformed SPY last uh, week, so that's good. Pull up the growth versus value. Really no reason to be long value whatsoever right now. So we had talked about, if you look at the beginning of August, when we saw a little bit of a convergence there, we said, you know, what happens if growth breaks to the downside and value breaks to the upside? We should be looking to go long value. But we were proven that it, or not necessarily we were proven wrong, so we didn't go long value. But once again, growth is back in the driver's seat and we're threatening a push up into not, well, it is, I guess, technically all-time highs. But from normalized performance standpoint, we are vastly out-competing value at this point. So congrats to the guys that are in growth names. This is the place to be right now in the market. Growth, growth, growth. There's no point in being in value. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. I wanted to show you guys small cap value versus growth. So this is going to be a little bit different. So as a matter of fact, small cap growth was getting outcompeted and has been outcompeted all year by small cap value. Um, but if you think about it, a majority of small cap value is going to be in your finance names and finance has had a relatively good year. So it makes kind of you know some sense that small cap value is going to be propped up a little bit more even during the downtrend. But here we are. Small cap growth is catching up to small cap value. We did have slight pullbacks on Friday, but nothing to be crazy about. This is the hot sector right now, if you want to call it a sector. The market cap piece that you should be looking at, we've, uh, you know, we've charted a bunch of different small cap names. We even bought some last week. So this is looking like we are starting to correct to the upside. IWM still has a little bit of work to do, but everybody, I'm sure if you've been on Twitter for the last three days, everybody is talking about IWM. Everybody is talking about small caps. We've been on this for a little while. I think this is still the narrative to look at. So growth and small caps are still the places to be long. And one last chart here is just your fixed income factors. I just want you to look at the relationship between TLT, TIP, IEF, and HYG. Risk is creeping back into the market. We're loving the confluency here between all three of the indexes, SPY hitting all-time high, QQQ hitting all-time high, IWM, at the verge of testing all-time highs, not there yet. Like I said, a little bit of work still to be done on IWM, but the confluency between those three and risk coming into the markets through HYG, very, very bullish in my opinion. Any questions regarding these? So growth, build a place to be long. FDN, IGV, stuff like this. We will look at energy as well just to make sure though. Not really anything changed, right? The plan that we had last week, last Sunday, nothing changed heading into this week, at least not yet. Things can change tomorrow morning, but so far, long growth is the winning solution here. Now we're going to play a little bit of a game. Like I said, this is not going to take the full hour, but I'm going to post a bunch of charts here with no names, and I just want you Let me go ahead and um, put these little uh, indicators here so you guys can vote, all five of us. Green or red? Long or short? What are you doing here? We should, we should get a, a weight. What's a weight? We'll do the poop emoji. Yeah, this is a long, right? So this is your SPY versus your TLT relationship. It's your equities versus your bonds. 
what happens when FI is outperforming bonds? What is that telling us? Anybody? It means that risk is coming into the market, right? Risk on, yeah. And if there's one chart that I can try to persuade you guys to continue to trust in the system and continue to go long equities and don't be afraid of a market pullback, it's that we're breaking into all-time highs. Or it might not be all-time highs, but local highs here between the relationship of SPY and TLT. Money is flowing into the market. They are not afraid of a pullback at this point. So continue to stay along. You know, if there's any sort of should I hedge or should I not hedge, this should pretty much silence that narrative. No, it's not to say that it can't come back eventually, but if you were just to take this from a TA standpoint, you very well see that sentiment is flowing on the risk side of the market. Next chart here. What are we doing? Long, short, or nothing? So if you're not already long, I agree. Maybe you should wait for a pullback. But having said that, it's very obvious that this is a bullish chart, right? We broke to the upside. We are continuing to hit higher highs. Does anybody have any guesses on which chart this is? This is XLK. So just this is on the weekly. <laughs> GME. XLK on the weekly here. I mean, it's just new all-time high after new all-time high with nothing really seemingly slowing it down. So if XLK is going to con continue to hit all-time highs, we just, you know, naturally you need to stay long. You need to try to sit in these positions. Don't get stopped out early. Try not to take profits early, early. Try to rinse and grab as much profit out of these as you can. XLK is continuing to hit all-time highs. And it really, eventually it's going to pull back. Is it this week? Maybe. But what's the opportunity cost of betting every single week that it pulls back? You would have missed out on an incredible amount of profit, right? Let's see the next one. What do you guys see here? You buying this, you shorting this, or are you waiting? You're buying this. This is XLY, consumer discretionary on the weekly. This is your Amazon and your Tesla. So I want to ask you guys a question. Generally speaking, Amazon and Tesla, higher risk sorts of growth names, specifically Tesla, but Amazon has had a hell of a year as well. Let's pretend in a perfect world, both of these resolve into higher highs. How do you think that bodes with the overall market? Both of these names have been beat to shit all year. If they both resolve higher and XLY pushes into all-time highs, you have to assume that the market is going to continue upwards as well, right? It just goes to show you the sentiment. What is the sentiment of the market? Where is a majority of the cash flowing? Are they flowing into bonds? Are they sitting on the sidelines? Or are they actively invested in the market? To me, it looks like they're actively invested in the market. XLY and XLK both on the weekly. XLY showing a potential breakout here. XLK clearly already broke out. Hope another one that doesn't look so good. You longing this, you shorting this, or are you waiting? 
shorting or waiting? I don't think there's a wrong answer between those two. Certainly not buying this. Anybody want to guess what chart this is? Yeah, it's energy on the weekly, right? So this is why I was saying, you know, energy looks like it could be popping up here. XOP, great uh, last week, specifically one day in particular. But realistically, does this chart scream confidence to people that are buying it? Someone's going to catch the bottom here. Somebody's going to make a lot of money. Most people trying to catch the dagger here are not. Okay. So XLE, is it time to buy it? I don't know. I mean, it's a hard question to ask. In my mind right now, it's not. But I think it's important to have that dialogue just in case we do run into some seasonality. Excuse me. All right, last chart of the ETFs. Which one is this? So you're buying this. This is your consumer staples XLP on the weekly. Now, think about this. XLK, all-time highs. XLY, breaking out to all-time highs. XLP, breaking out to all-time highs. Confusing, right? But what is it telling us? Where is this, what is the sentiment here? If consumer staples is breaking to all-time Yeah, market breadth, exactly. Everything. Everything is popping up. So last year, December, November, October, it was about this time last year that we first started talking about it. But JJ and I had a conversation like, hey, what happens if we melt up? I don't know if you guys remember last year, but September and October were hard to trade and spy. Very hard. And there was talks of, is that the top? Are we coming back down? And JJ and I were like, you know, why don't we continue to melt up? Why not blow shorts out of the water? Why, like, what realistically is going to stop us? We still have quantitative easing. We still have near or zero percent interest rates. Like, what's going on? Where's the catalyst to make us drop? There was none. And lo and behold, we did pop up. David H. Contrarian on Twitter, kind of a, a famous, obviously contrarian, uh, macro analyst. And he's been calling for a 5,000 XPX since like the beginning of this year or last year at some point. So 500 SPY. I want to ask you something. If XLP, XLK, and XLY are all resolving to the upside, where staples is generally a more defensive sector, and obviously you have risk on sectors like K and Y, it's telling you that market breadth is improving and everything is receiving an incredible amount of cash. Could we be seeing the last sort of melt up before we break down? Can you imagine a market at 500? I couldn't have imagined a market at 450 last year, and here we are. So the reason why I bring all this up is I saw an uptick, I even tweeted about this, in bearish tweets over the weekend. Like, you know, just fucking incredible amount of narratives that, of course, the market's going to crash because everybody's long. Look what's going on with the, the metals. Look what's going on with bonds. Look at Afghanistan. Like, just COVID, Delta, blah, blah, blah. Ask yourself, are the charts screaming at you that we're going to crash soon? Market breadth is improving. Every major ETF, not major ETF, every major sector is breaking out or going to all-time highs or is already there. Certainly doesn't feel very bearish, okay? So if you have been exposed to that over the weekend, not necessarily telling you to write it off, but just keep your wits about you. Look at the charts and understand that you know what these charts are telling you. Don't trade against what your gut is telling you, okay? So these ones, there's going to be a few more, but these are not ETFs. Let's see here. What do you guys think about this? 
bullish or wait, tend to agree. At the very minimum, it's a very strong uptrend, right? Yeah, that might be an apple. Could be an apple for sure. Very strong uptrend. This is the relationship between SPY and gold. Why the hell are people posturing for a pullback when the market is screaming at you that the risk is in the market right now? Money is flowing into the market. Every major sector is popping off to all-time highs. We're breaking up and over. Resistance areas and gold versus SPY ratio is off the fucking charts right now. So don't buy into the bearish narrative yet, all right? Next one. I'm not going to do the stupid indicators. Somebody's microphone's open just so they know. Buy or not, don't buy or wait. What is this chart screaming at you? Looks like a rising wedge, by the way, right? Don't tell me that. <laughs> BRB buy. Anybody else? It's pretty, pretty bullish in my mind, right? That's data dog. So one thing, by the way, I'm not sure if you've realized, obviously I'm using line charts. We know the difference between candlesticks and line charts. We understand that line charts literally only focus on the close as swing traders. The more you can focus on the close, the better. Candlesticks definitely offer you a lot more information and it can be very useful, but it can also clog a lot of people's generally good reasoning skills and uh, start leading them down the wrong path. So I wanted to do line charts for tonight just for this section, this portion. This is Datadog. So when you take the candlesticks out, this is a fucking obvious buy, right? Like I said, we do have a rising wedge. If you do like trading those to the downside, feel free, but you're fighting against sector strength. Datadog is within IGV. You're in the right sector. You're in the right name. This is on the daily, by the way. I've moved over to the daily on these. So there's Datadog. How about this one? This one's all over Twitter today, everywhere. This is the stock of the, this upcoming week. What is this? Is this a buy or a sell or a wait? Stock of the week. A BRB would be cool. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't add volume for a reason. This is a BRB candidate. So yeah, I totally assume that tomorrow morning, this will have a pullback. This is unity. When you take out the candlesticks, charting becomes incredibly easy. Like I said, it's not necessarily better, but it takes a hell of a lot of the noise out of the chart. You can see the overall trend. And as swing traders, you want to focus on that close. Where is price moving at close? That's it. We don't give a shit if you dip 2 or 3% intraday if you close at the same price that you entered. Who cares? Unless you're day trading, obviously, but most of us are swing trading. So if you find yourself looking at charts and getting cluttered up with all the different information and, and, and all the other shit, try to throw lines on and just see if it helps you discern trend a little bit easier. So this is Unity. This is the hot chart of the week. Apparently, a bunch of people, trader line and all of these big groups are talking about a few of us are already in Unity, so congrats if they do end up popping it off. But yeah, totally expect this to be a BRB, and we'll actually post the chart towards the end of the, the session here because it will be a buying opportunity tomorrow. What about this one? Where are we at? I think this is probably the best chart of the night for one reason and one reason only. Are you buying this? Are you selling it? Or are you waiting because you missed it? This is Apple. So please give me a fucking world where one of the, if not the strongest company in the United States is breaking to all-time highs. 
Tell me a world where the market is bearish. It's just not found in, in you know, reason. It's just people screaming into the void, mad bears shouting loudly into a fucking hallway by themselves that they're mad they're just burning their cash. Like, at some point, they're going to be right, guys, and we're going to take advantage of it when we see relative weakness and everything else. But right now, you have every fucking thing breaking to all-time highs. The market is not bearish in my mind when Apple is breaking to all-time highs. We have two more charts, and then we're going to hop into some scans. I don't want to take the entire uh, hour here because I know it's Labor Day. Buy, sell, or wait. I'm going to go back and edit these charts with the tags, by the way. So in the future, we know. Buying this. It's DraftKings. And the reason why I bring DraftKings is up is because it's the one that's not tech, right? So this is obviously not a tech name. Everything else that I've been showing is a tech name. This is DraftKings. It's a hot sector. Majority of the gambling and betting names are showing relative strength in the market. A few of us got long DraftKings prior to the $60 break. I believe it was 60 bucks. Congratulations. But once again, here we are. Is, does this look bearish? Why are people shorting this right now? Basic technical analysis tells us that this is a fucking breakout. Yeah, it may come back and test support trend resistance, but this is price discovery mode. You have overhead resistance. It's hard to tell because they don't have prices on the chart here. But if you look at the left, you can clearly see where that horizontal resistance line is. You got a couple bucks before we hit it. DraftKings still very bullish here. Last chart. And I bring this up. He's not even here. Brought it up for him. But we had a question last week for the guys that were trading live. Are you buying this? Are you shorting this? Or are you waiting? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at the very, at the very minimum, wait. Like, this is just a no-go. Or if you want to try to short some sort of horizontal break, I think we already missed the move on this chart. Yeah, it would be, yeah. I would expect a bounce at some point and then maybe a shorting opportunity. The reason why I bring this up is we had a question within the group on Friday. So one of the members in here wanted to go long in this, this chart. Yeah, it's MasterCard. And I asked him, you know, what do you see in the chart that makes you want to buy this? And his answer was, well, look how beat up it is. I don't know if other groups want to do this. That's totally fine. Or if somebody else builds a system around this, that's totally fine as well. But in here, we do not buy fucking losers. We don't. If every single person in this group bought this name, one of us at varying times, by the way, one of us is probably going to get pretty close to the bottom. And we're going to make some money. But the vast majority of us are going to end up buying and holding or dollar cost averaging down, and we have no fucking idea how low this thing can go. Nobody does. It's just very important as a trader, specifically a swing trader, because you're looking for a few days to a few weeks with each position, opportunity cost. If you bought MasterCard here, what is the opportunity cost if this continues to crash? How long are you going to be holding this? If you're an equities trader, you have no idea. You might be stuck with this forever unless you have some sort of stop loss. But if you're playing a bounce sort of like this, you're trying to catch a bottom, 
Most people that try to catch bottoms do not run tight stops. They run wide stops because they want to be right. This is an ego thing. So more than likely, they would get stuck holding a bag for however long. Who knows? This might pop up to all-time highs tomorrow. Probably not, but it could. As an options trader, you have expiration dates. So you have to take that into consideration. And he's trading options, the guy that wanted to buy this. How far out do you go? Are you willing to hold through a 90% drawdown on your premium if you buy time? That can be very, very expensive. So point of me showing you guys this is that, you know, I, we talk about this all the time, but Paul Tudor Jones, losers, average losers, like there's totally a system around where you want to try to catch knives. It's, very, it's a historically low winning percentage, but the times they do win, you assume they're going to make a lot of money, right? You try to buy the bottom, you're going to miss most times, but when you do hit it, you make a shit ton of cash and that's totally fine. We have a, a system where, you know, I'm batting, as a matter of fact, we'll go over this at the very end. I, the last three months of my trading, I've traded 39% winners. So I've lost more than 50% of my trades. And my account is positive by like 20% or something from three months ago. It's doable. You just need to make sure that your winners are way bigger than your losers. That's going to be sort of this thing where if you're trying to catch a knife, one of these is going to absolutely blow up. You're going to make a shit ton of cash, but a majority of them are not. Can you stay solvent through that? We don't focus on that. So when we see charts like this, moving forward, help guys out. If they show charts like this, just, you know, you don't need to say, so you're stupid. Why the fuck are you buying this? But ask them, like, what do you see that's so bullish? And if they say, well, look how far it's died, say, why can't it keep falling? Just ask them. Let them think about it themselves. They need to be able to come up with this understanding themselves. Why can't MasterCard continue to fall? Okay. All right. I posted for the newer guys, I posted the stock screener, like the filter set or whatever in the scanner settings channel. I got a couple of DMs this weekend about that. I don't know why. I don't know why. This is very easy filter set. We just look for 50-day highs within sectors. I put it in scanner settings. If you want to look at it, all the different stuff that we do with FinViz, it's the very basic stuff uh, that we look for at the very beginning. We're not doing the exotic high or the high float short. We're not looking at small cap shit like that. So it's just the uh, average volume, 50-day highs, the market cap, whether you want small caps, mids, or highs, the sector, the industry, make sure you click on optionable and if you want shortable, shit like that. So you can look at it. You can copy the exact thing that we're about to do right here. Um, but for the rest of us that already know, let's move over to FinViz. You have any questions before this? Feel free. Any questions? Uh, I, by the way, I posted in the study room on uh, Friday. I believe it was Friday. Upstart, Sentinel One, and Myrna, Moderna. Study the charts, mark them up. Probably nobody did it. It's Labor Day, totally understandable. But if you have some extra time tonight, please do me a favor, humor me, take one of those charts. Write it up, mark it up. Show me what you know TA-wise because those three winners, Sentinel, um, Myrna, and Upstart, understanding those plays will help you identify the new ones in the next year or two that break out in the same way. There are a number of us in Sentinel-1. All of us are up like 30% spot. I don't know if any of us got into options. Those are the big winners. You need to study why and how those set up so you can catch them in the future, okay? So I don't care if you mark up Moderna, Upstart, or Sentinel-1, but if you have time tonight, please just do one of them. And we'll talk about it tomorrow after market open. Okay, let's pull up Findus. So let's focus on 50-day highs just to start. 
I'm not going to use any sector industry. Josh, I'm, I'm sure you have 50 million charts already. Feel free to post them. Um, I want to get an understanding of which sector. I have a feeling it's going to be tech, but I want to get an understanding of which sector is really leading this 50-day high. For the newer guys, the reason why we, we focus on 50-day highs is because generally 50-day highs are going to be very strong uptrends. You can either hit new highs or 1% to 3% below that 50-day high. Maybe Friday was a pullback day and an otherwise very strong uptrend. But we're really looking for stocks that are in very strong uptrends that are breaking horizontal levels or some sort of chart pattern that we can utilize uh, our risk-on-risk-off methods with. So, Like I said, my sector and industries uh, filter are going to be off, and I'm just going to look through to begin with which sectors are showing the most 50-day highs. It's just an eye, eye test thing. Josh, post the ticker when you, uh, when you post it just so we have it, and uh, feel free to dump them all. We'll go through every, everyone you dump. Industrials is off. Uh, a bunch of industrials are hitting 50-day highs. Technology is leading. So it's not hard, right? We saw Koifin. We understand how these trends work. We see, yeah, okay, so it's tech. Tech is the sector. We have like 60 fucking tech names to go through, and most of them are going to be software. It's fucking incredible that we figure this shit out on Koifin and we can niche this down into industries and we can look at the best stuff. And how many times have you gotten into something or missed something on accident and then you look at it a week later and it's like, holy shit, this thing popped off without me. That's why tonight is super important. Sunday nights, today is Monday. Very, very important. Set up that blueprint, set up your trading plan for the week so you don't miss some of these big names. So I'm actually going to filter through just tech now that I see that there's so many tech names. So a lot of these are going to be, you know, a lot of these are going to be uh, names that we looked at last week. I mean, they're, they're just continuing. Holy shit. Found one right away. James, do me a favor. Uh, mark up ASAN for me. Is this punishment? Up. Yeah, I know. Trust me. But I want you to do it instead of me. By the way, uh, while, while we're charting, I we didn't look at CQQQ tonight, which is fine, whatever. Um, it is. I'll pull it up right now, actually, really quick, just because we had this discussion. So CQQQ, we really don't want to be involved with any Chinese tech until we're over 75. It's at 72.07. We are showing a little bit of an uptrend here. We did hit resistance Thursday and Friday, so we're not at that $75 level. The reason why I want to bring it up is the fact that there's articles out tonight specifically of all of these big CEOs at the biggest Chinese tech companies are stepping down. Vice presidents, shit like that are stepping up. I, I don't want to speculate, but the media is kind of talking about how the Chinese government is forcing a majority of these CEOs out of their position and allowing more pro-Beijing um, operators to act as CEO. Is that bearish or bullish for the market? I don't know. But this is part of the reason why we don't want to be long Chinese tech yet. Like the risk is against us fully. When Beijing can just snap its fingers and send out a tweet and crash Baba or crash JD or crash Baidu, fuck it. Just don't even get involved in the chart. It's not worth it. How many people do you know that bought Baba, JD, Baidu this entire time 
because, oh my God, it's the Amazon of China or whatever the fuck they want to talk about. Fuck it. Just stay away. Headlines are still not good. And CQQQ, CQQQ has a long way to go. By the way, I didn't know this, but, um, you know, Baba's not the biggest e-commerce company in China anymore. I don't remember the damn name of the other one, but uh, it just got eclipsed this weekend. Baba is not the biggest anymore in China. Okay, I'm going to post B-I-L-L, and then we'll go through the charts that have been posted so far. Keep posting them, uh, by the way, everybody. I posted this on there. Got it. Do me a favor for the guys that are on TradingView. In the bottom left-hand corner, you can click uh, the different time frames or whatever. Click that year-to-date button. It might resize the chart, kind of make some of the things you drew a little awkward. Change the drawings. Let's stick to the year-to-date so we have the exact same time frame across every single chart we post. It's just easier to, to check out when we have conformity like this. Okay. Let's go through the stuff that's already being posted and then we can continue. I'll talk through them. You guys keep posting. ESTC, this is an industrial play or is this semiconductor? I don't remember. Yeah, let's chart uh, Etsy, by the way, Wyatt. Josh, do you know which sector this is? ESTC. Because we talked about ESTC last week and we're now up at that spot. So I do like the chart. This is uh, flirting with an all-time high as an ADR of 3.5. So for the equities guys, this is a great opportunity here. You're holding above the zero MACD. You have a little bit of a bullish crossover. Momentum is slowed though. Bullish momentum regime and RSI, we've held 50 this entire, I think the last three months, this whole push up. RSI has oscillated between 70 and 50. I would expect a pullback tomorrow with ESTC. We bounced off of overhead resistance on high volume. So I would expect a pullback, not a drastic one down to 159, but maybe a consolidation prior to a breakout. I think ESTC would be a good one for the equities guys to have on their radar tomorrow morning. Go ahead and pin that so I can... Talk about it afterwards. Penn consolidating. Agreed. I think Penn and DraftKings both. Penn is consolidating on a high volume node, which is nice to see. We did break up and over 50 on the RSI. Yeah. I don't know if Penn's an immediate buy here, but I do think there's an opportunity if we do launch up and over that horizontal resistance that we have painted at 8150 or 8175. Your chart is like. Jesus Christ. I need the Hubble telescope to see it. <laughs> Your resolution is insane. Yeah, I think Penn's an opportunity this week. I don't know if it's a buy on Monday, though. Range resources. This is another good one. Is this uh, industrials or is this energy, though? Salesforce. Wait for that 270 breakout. I see what you're looking at. Salesforce has been a bitch trade, man. So ASAN, I don't know if you guys want to look at that. I'm going to pin it. It's not a buy, but I want you guys to look at this. 
chart really quick because this was a trade that we took. A bunch of us took this trade. But we took it on the way back in June when we were breaking up and out into that July consolidation. So obviously, a majority of us did not hold this trade the entire time, which is totally fine. But what I want to focus on is that ascending triangle consolidation because it matters, right? We talked about that, uh, that play, the episodal pivot sort of strategy um, where you have earnings and then you have a sentiment shift. What could have been a decent indicator prior to the breakout on ASAN of that ascending triangle that something was going to happen? First, it's an ascending triangle, which is an inherently bullish consolidation pattern. What else? Tightening up. Tightening up. Yeah, look at the volume. So Mike's a pro at this. I don't know if anybody else listens to Mike when he talks about this. But Mike, generally, you preach this all the time. You're the one that notices it the most. When volume dries up towards the end of a consolidation, what typically happens? You get a big explosion. You get a big explosion. Huge explosion. Generally, sellers are out of, the, out of their you know, selling mood or whatever, and we typically see volume tighten up through consolidation areas. Ascending triangles in uptrends are bullish consolidation zones. You can play that horizontal level breakout. And as a matter of fact, to top it off, and this is a trade that I fucked up on because I should have taken this on for everything. Um, what did uh, Thursday offer us? BRB. The fucking beautiful BRB. <laughs> like the the one fucking play the majority of us make the, the majority of our money on is the BRB. Not only did this break up and out of an ascending triangle, which you know anybody can trade, but we understand that with tightening volume in a consolidation, you should play that breakout. We did not, and then it even offered us a BRB setup that we missed as well. So this was a colossal fuck up on my end. I personally take um the fault on that i apologize for not even noticing it i literally didn't even i mean i read it on twitter and just didn't even look it up or anything this was a brb and i expect this to be a huge loss in my mind i think we just had ptsd from that big red candle yeah i mean it's just hindsight's 2020 and it's always to be like well duh, look at how easy this is to trade just hold through the consolidation it's tightening blah 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 it's very hard when it's actually happening specifically when the entire market pulls back stuff like that but this we shouldn't have missed the brb on thursday that was a fuck up so anyway great looking chart and something to learn from in the future when i talk about charts to learn from asan is one of those charts to learn from facebook Facebook's going to be a harder trade too. I think we have to look at XLC to get some confirmation here. I don't want to mess up the flow of the chart, so I'm not going to pull it up, but uh, I'm not going to post it rather. But I'm going to pull up XLC. Yeah, XLC still looks fine here. So I think Mike's absolutely right with this. Uh, I know a bunch of us are already in Facebook. We played that breakout a few days ago. Uh, I think I'm in one or two positions. I don't remember. Let's see here. I'm in two positions. So I opened up one August 31st, opened up another September 2nd. I'm up in one, down in the other. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Are you using that, that risk on risk off level that you have at 377 or is that just uh, an area of interest? Uh... I, I just highlighted that as a BRB. Yeah. 
yeah, I totally expect that to hold. I agree. And by the way, for the guys that did open up a second uh, position in Facebook, we did. I did not catch the bottom, but some of you guys did. So congrats on that. That was a heads-up play. I posted Bill. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a buy tomorrow. As a matter of fact, I think we missed the opportunity, but I wanted to post it specifically because, like you said, this is a chart that you're going to want to study. You had a breakout on earnings, and then you had the pullback into a rounded bottom to a 290 horizontal level breakout. So this was a, I didn't even know to look at this, right? So Bill, another good chart to study. Not sure if we'll get an entry on it, but worth looking at. Essex property, I know these are real estate, right? So for the equities guys, we'll just we'll leave those there. Majority of us are not going to be trading the equity names, but yeah, I see what you're looking at, Josh. Docu. I think that's a pretty clear level there. That 310, 312 area on Docu. Look at the see the volume tightens up in the consolidation. You have the high volume day on earnings broke resistance but closed below it i think that's a clear risk on risk off level i'm going to pin that because this is a good trade idea right here you can use that risk on risk off level on docu good chart james i love looking at josh's charts because they're so different than the rest of us because he's trading equities i like both of these i see what you're looking at also, congrats on the stop loss. Mike, I don't know if you've noticed if you look at Josh's charts, but the little the talk or whatever we had with him with the stop loss stuff is really shining through. It's good stuff, Josh. I think generic, you did not take this trade yet, I'm assuming. I think it's not ready yet. Up and over that 454 level, though, I think you got something if it closes. ABB. Is this um? Is this the one you were playing? TD ABB. No, it's not. Is it? No, I'm not an ABB. No, you're not. I thought this was in how and Hauser Bush or whatever. Man, healthcare is breaking out as well, right? There's so many opportunities here. So this is where the stock selection process that we run through with Koifin really shines. If you have staples breaking out, you have tech breaking out, you have healthcare breaking out, you have consumer fucking discretionary breaking out, where do you go long? That's where the relative strength stuff comes into play. Not every sector breaking out to all-time highs is going to be equal. So growth, meaning maybe not staples for the guys that are already in staples plays that are running, congrats, don't, don't leave them. But for newer traders, people that are looking to establish new positions, is staples the place to park your money right now? Very easy ratio to look up. I haven't even looked it up yet. XLP slash XLK. I don't know what this chart looks like, but no, tech is still the place to go. So even if XLP is breaking out to all-time highs, What's the opportunity cost of longing a staple versus longing a tech name? The tech name is going to win nine times out of 10, even if both of them are going up, all right? So keep that in mind. 
look at that relationship between healthcare as well. I've not done that yet. XLV breaking out. So let's pull it up since we're talking about it and posted it. I'll look at, we'll look at XLK versus XLV. It's chop. So one is not necessarily performing better than the other. We'll look at QQQ versus XLV. It's the same. So they're, unlike staples, healthcare and tech, it's just a constant chop here. The range is between 265 and 280. That's a ratio, by the way. So you really can't go wrong going long either. XLV. So at this point, what's up? Uh, all-time high, by the way. XLV yeah. closed at all-time high on the, the other day. Yeah, so think about it. So think about it from a relative strength concept, right, or a standpoint. If you went long healthcare and somebody was like, well, why are you going long healthcare instead of Apple or something? What you could realistically say, and, and this is not looking at individual stocks, but just sectors, is you could say, well, you chart QQQ versus XLV. You look at some of the bigger tech names, the biggest growth names on the market, and you compare them to the healthcare. You have a range-bound market, meaning there is no real difference. You could go either, right? There's no... Uh, not one or the other is outperforming. It's oscillating, don't get me wrong. But So if you went long healthcare and somebody was like, well, why the fuck? Just say the opportunity cost is relatively the same, right? You can't go wrong going long healthcare right now at all-time highs. You can't go wrong going QQQ or tech names at all-time highs. But if you look at XLP versus XLV, so Staples versus healthcare, look at the chart. I'll post it really quick just because I want you guys to see it. But... I don't mean to pass over all of your guys' charts, by the way. We'll look at all of them, but just Ansonodal right here. What, what's the winning sector to go? If you have XLP and XLV at the same kind of area on the chart, all-time highs, where's the winning sector between the two? Obviously, it's going to be healthcare, right? You want to be long healthcare. Obviously, we're comparing healthcare or staples to healthcare here, so a downtrend shows that healthcare is outperforming staples. So... Anyway, I know Costco. That was the one thing you, I knew you fuckers would say, which is why I said if you're in a winning trade, there's no need to close it. But if, for the newer guys that are looking at, at trading opportunities, maybe it would be in your best interest to look at healthcare or tech, not staples. And also, this is not an individual stock identification process. This is a sector as a whole. So if you find something within a sector that is just crazy outperforming, you know, there's no reason why you can't take a punt on that. Oh, and semiconductor, we've traded this lots of times, or at least we've tried to. I don't know. Um, is there options availability on ON? Like, is there any volume? I know that this chart has come up a million times. Snapchat, my off limits. This is a hard, this is a hard, harder chart, I guess, to analyze Snapchat. You do have some consolidation. You do not necessarily have the tightening of volume. You're holding above zero in MACD, but you're not really seeing that crossover yet. You are holding the 50 in the RSI during a drawdown, which is bullish. So, I mean, if somebody were to take this long breakout on Snapchat, I don't think somebody would be able to argue against it. I think that there's just going to be risk associated until you're above 80. 80, you're going to have overhead resistance above that you're going to have big blue skies so if you want to take snapchat would be a, an interesting trade because you could take a starter position on the symmetrical triangle breakout at around 76 expect that 80 area to act as dynamic or not dynamic horizontal uh resistance you could use that as a soft target you either take profit there or you could add into an existing position on that 80 dollar breakout so you'd essentially be grabbing 
a small piece of Snapchat at 76, adding in at 80. I can see it playing out though, Josh. I will not take that because Snapchat fucking destroys me. There's open interest on ON. All right, I think that let's go back and pin that. I'll pin Snapchat too because that's an interesting trade idea, even if I'm not taking it. I'm going to go back and um, pin ON. By the way, do you look at AMKR? Can you guys look at that? How many people here got into AMKR? I know a couple of us took a play on AMKR. Yeah. AMKR was interesting. Or it will be interesting moving forward. That was one of those plays last uh, on Wednesday, I believe we saw. Or was it Thursday? I don't remember. Where we saw an incredible amount of volume on the options chain. Good looking chart. I'm going to post the chart really quick just so everyone sees it. But So here's what we had charted last time. And here's how it ended up playing out. So fun to see. We broke out up and over that horizontal area, consolidated, pulled back slightly. I think a few of us took that BRB setup, and here we go. So we should be seeing a higher move up in AMKR. I know some of us took some, I don't want to call them lottos because they make sense, but it is a relatively unknown name. Let's see what else pops up. There's so many tech names on this damn list. Here's a mid cap. I'm assuming, yeah, okay. Well, here. Fucking unbelievable. So here's something I want to be on our watch list right here, just in case we get a pullback on this. Check this out. What does this remind you of? What chart does this remind you of? It's a newer IPO. Sentinel. Sentinel fucking one. The, the other chart that we went long in. This is why I'm telling you guys, study these fucking setups. Study these setups. This thing blew off 14.5% on Friday. This is an easy fucking chart to trade. I just didn't even realize it existed until today. So this should be on our radar. This was a higher volume uh, move on Friday. I expect some profit taking if this isn't a, I don't know what the short percentage is on this or whatever, but this is a, a mid cap at around 8 billion. If we do get some sort of BRB set up, a gift would be 65. A gift, absolute perfect. Do not expect that. But DOCN. And by the way, I'll type all of this stuff up before we end up going. So even if we hop off, I will type all of it out. So I want five plays, guys. Five plays to look at tomorrow, just for tomorrow. It doesn't need to be this entire week. Obviously, we're going to have our Monday night meeting on Tuesday, tomorrow. So let's get five really good names here. Snow, by the way, I know somebody called that out. Snow did close at a 50-day high yesterday. It's such an ugly chart, but... Oh, Unity. I wanted to bring up Unity. That's a play for tomorrow. 
Let me look at it in one second, James. I'll pull up Etsy right after this. I forgot about it. So we did not get the pullback. This reminds me a lot of Facebook when we blew off up and over that horizontal area two weeks ago and we didn't, or a week and a half ago. We didn't get the pullback that we expected. And as a matter of fact, it felt like, uh, it felt fishy, right? There wasn't, there wasn't any upwards movement, but we didn't really get the pullback. And then lo and behold, the market hit a little bit of a rough patch and Facebook's, Facebook. Facebook sold off into our buy zone, which is why we added into our position. Unity kind of feels the same way. If I take the bias out of it and I don't you know, sit here and look at it through the lens of I'm in a position or the fact that Twitter's blowing up about it, this does kind of feel like it could come back to test that 130 area. And if it does, I think that would be an absolute uh, prime opportunity to get long immunity. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It could just continue on up. But we did not get that BRB setup that should have come after a higher volume breakout. So Unity should be on watch list for tomorrow morning. Like uh, I said, 130 would be a gift. If we don't, if we open up relatively flat, if you want to play that as well, I think it's doable. I think Unity is a good opportunity. Etsy, let's see. Yeah, I think Etsy was the, the uh, time to buy Etsy was the $200 breakout like you have charted here with the symmetrical triangle. I think right now we're midway through a move and there's going to be risk associated with buying below that 226 area that Josh has there. This is a good looking chart if you grab that $200 breakout. I don't know if it's worth chasing here though. What do you guys think? Resistance look like it could just get. Yeah, I think above 226, there's a buying opportunity. I agree. And then you can target that 250 area as a soft target. I think the time to take Etsy was when Landon was telling us why it was talking about it at that $200 SIM try breakout. Yeah, I agree, Wyatt. It's a good looking chart. Fast and all. I don't know who was trading this or who was looking at it. Somebody was looking at this at the end of last week. I don't remember who it was. I'm not going to take that trade, but I see what you're looking at. Oh, they were looking at Fastly. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember Landon was telling us that you guys were charting Etsy, and I wish he would have. I think he even was kicking his own ass for not taking Etsy when you guys charted it because, yeah, it's a very... That's a good breakout there in the right sector as well. So that was a missed opportunity if people didn't take it. You have confluence with RSI and MACD. That would have been a green light trade right there on Etsy. Above 226, though, I think it's worth it. Okay, let's come up with five names, and then I'll type them up when everybody leaves. Um, let's see. Let's go through the pin stuff first. Oh, wait. You wanted me to look at something, Josh. Or James. You made me go fucking look at Wish, dude. Son of a bitch. Okay. Digital Ocean Holdings. Not sure if there's going to be a setup here, but I am going to look at it. So a lot of these names, uh, we're already in a lot of these trades, by the way. A lot of us already have positions, so there's not a whole lot to do for tomorrow morning. But um, let's see what was the ticker for this Digital Ocean. 
DOCN. So DOCN worth a look tomorrow morning if we get a pullback. Very strong looking stock could get the same sort of move as Sentinel-1. Like I said, everyone that's in Sentinel-1 in this group is up nearly 30% um, spot price. So ON is another one. I think snaps worth a look. DocU, I think, is the best looking chart that was posted tonight. Thank you, James. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's DocU. Yeah, DocU. I think there's going to be an opportunity there. Not a son. ESTC, I think, is worth a look. And I'm going to honorably add XLV. We're going to break tonight, but I'm going to go through XLV myself and post any charts that make sense that also have options, volume, it's XLV being at all-time highs. And seeing that it's basically range-bound between QQQ, it makes it worth a look to me. DXCM, pull it up. You're already in this, right? I believe. No, but if you want to consider putting a million pound in there to buff up the price, <laughs> it's cool. Okay. Let's talk about what we went over today really quick. The sectors and industry show that being long growth is the way to go. Value is just not there. Finance is not there. Energy, you know, we looked at the line chart with no bias whatsoever. You guys said don't buy, so don't fucking buy it. Don't even ask about it. We'll see what happens over this week. There is a case to be made with natural gas. I did not go over it, but if you want to pull up natural gas in um, your trading view really quick, let's see if I can find the ticker. Natural gas broke out last week on some high volume shit. So there is a case to be made with natural gas. I'm telling you guys now before it hits the news. Natural gas is up pretty big over the last week or two weeks. Has that come over into the energy sector yet? No, it has not. It could be there, but it's just not there yet. So don't chase energy. Finance is still out of the play, uh, out, of the play out of the question. Tech is the way to go right now. We see XLK, XLY breaking out to all-time highs, QQQ as well. Majority of us are already in a bunch of tech plays, so there's not a whole lot to do. Snapchat. D-O-C-N-O-N, D-O-C-U, E-S-T-C, and XLV are going to be the ones that I'm going to write up plays for tonight. Not XLV, but names inside XLV. Um, let's see. I posted UNH up before. UNH? I think TD took UNH and he said, fuck this and got out. see here yeah i don't know man i hate that chart you could justify it you could justify it i get it um but i i i fucking hate it i'll i'll get i'll play the devil's advocate really quick can somebody tell me really quick uh, we talked about this last week we actually went over it because it was a twitter post but um what's like one of the 
biggest red flags in this ascending triangle? Not counting the fake breakout. Anybody think of anything that may lead to an underperformance on the breakout here? So technically speaking, you want tighter patterns, right? You want tighter consolidation areas. When you have a lot of white, we call it white space. Other people call it different things. But when you have a lot of white space inside these big basing patterns, typically the breakout is going to be weaker. Now, I'm not saying that it was a fake breakout because of that reason. But when you look at this ascending triangle that you drew, it makes total sense, passes the eye test, but there's so much white space between the, the, the points along the trend lines that maybe that would have been a red flag to begin with. I don't know if you want to take UNH. You take UNH, I wouldn't play it until it breaks over that previous swing high at four, it was at 4.30 because there's going to be bag holders. And not to be an asshole, TD was one of them. TD played this and got fucking stopped out. So. No, that was even mentioned a little white space. I feel like there's a few trades I've taken. Yeah, it's just a general rule, by the way. Consolidate. I mean, yeah. I it's a general say rule, like. It's more than twice. So you want to get five? Yeah, you know, you know the fucking the the trading books tell you if there's five touches, you get three touches along one trend line and two touches along the second trend line. It's a valid pattern. Totally right. But you want to take it a step further and you want to reduce the amount of fake outs that you end up buying, whether on the upside or downside. You really want as little white space as possible. That's why. What's the uh, generally speaking the highest performing chart pattern? What is it? It's a fucking high and tight, right? Like, it's like a two or three day period on a daily after a gigantic breakout to the upside where you get a super consolidated area of, of price action for two or three days that somewhat resembles a pennant. And then you break out to the upside again, but it's very, very tight. It's called high and tight for a reason. And they generally break out super explosively. Once again, it's in the middle of your move. It's the same sort of concept here. When you're looking at chart patterns and stuff, you want to try to get as little white space in there as possible. Now, trading isn't absolutes, but that can help you with your stock selection, right? If you look at two patterns, yeah, they're both symmetrical triangles, yeah, and one of them. Trades. Yeah. Cheers. All right, any questions, guys? No, you're fine. I'm going to hop off the microphone, and then I'm going to type all that stuff up so we have it all. Any questions? Highly encourage you guys to set up a one-on-one -on -one if you want it. Uh, I had one with TD earlier tonight. It was fun. Just DM me. Tell me when you want to do it. I'll find time. It'll only be for 15 minutes. Just do me a favor, and if it's not something particular, have trader view or some, some sort of metric up so we can actually look at where you're succeeding and where you're failing. I would prefer to talk about where you're failing than where you're succeeding, as uncomfortable as that is, because I would rather you either fix what's going wrong or stop doing what's going wrong. So DM me if you want to do that one-on-one. -on -one. Adam, always a pleasure. Love when you find time to come in. Wyatt as well. All right, guys. I'm going to hop off the microphone and type that stuff up. Feel free to keep typing in meetups if you want. All right. See you guys in the morning. You can just...